You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black After Show. Clone Club, uh, we are here to break down the season finale, season two finale of Orphan Black. And uh, doing the famous Matt Lieberman clone dance, across from me, the lovely and talented Anna Koppel. That's me. It's not, it's the whole clone club, clone club They've dance. embraced it. The, yeah, it's even in just this, be Lieberman. Even know? in this episode, uh, the clones were even doing it themselves at Amazing. one point. Clone they dance were. party. Yeah. Which I can't wait to talk about. I'm Will Link. I don't know if I said that. I don't know if I need to say that. Will Link, not Will Smith. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> let, Will Smith. Let me get this out of the way, first of all, because probably you've noticed that uh, we are we are down two hosts today. Uh, Matt Lieberman couldn't be here. He's uh, at his at his brother's wedding. Mazel tov to the Liebermans. And uh, Nando uh, also unfortunately couldn't be here. So we know you want to know. We were in a tough spot because we know you want to know what we think and you, we want to get the discussion started. So we definitely want to have an episode today. But we know you also want to hear what Matt and Nando have to say. So we are giving you a two-part Orphan Black season finale uh, rundown, breakdown. And kind of needs it. In fact, one of our listeners tweeted at me, are you sure you don't need 10 parts? Because, I mean, there's a lot that happens. I feel like I would be exhausted by 10 parts. I think I might be as well, but still. I Two parts. Two parts. It's, it's a pretty big deal. So we're also going to be tomorrow doing a big breakdown of not just this episode again with them, but... The season as a whole. So here's what we want from all you guys out there. So just to be clear, tomorrow is Tuesday, June 24th at 6 Pacific Standard Time. Yes. <laughs> and and here's what we want from all of you guys out there. Uh, you, you watch this. If there's something we don't get to or something we haven't gotten to through the season, something that's still bugging you, uh, tweet at us. Uh, post on YouTube or iTunes your questions, and tomorrow hopefully we'll be able to address some of that stuff. So I think there's a good chance for everybody else to maybe even get more into the conversation. Absolutely. Um, YouTube, iTunes, tweeting. We have the most amazing fans, and we're so grateful for all of you. And having said that... Oh, I think you have a special message for a fan. I do have a special message. Uh, it's going to be really difficult, you guys. So... Um, one of our super fans, um, at XOXO, Allie underscore M, asked me to say something in Tagalog. Oh, yes. Not my native tongue. What was the, what, what was the reasoning behind <laughs> the this? The reasoning was she had messaged me and asked me to describe the finale in one word, which I described as, or she just asked me to describe it in one word and said that she would translate it to Tagalog. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, it was heart-stopping. Okay. Okay. So she translated it. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. And she's like, that's long. I'm like, yeah, that is long. And she was like, think you're up for saying it on the after show? <laughs> um, so I said that I would. So I'm going to butcher this. I apologize in advance, but I'm going <laughs> to give it my best shot here. Okay. Peginto Nang. Peginto. Pekinto nang, sikto nang, puso. That, wait, that's heart stopping? All that's heart stopping? In Tagalog. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, <What>? snap. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. So, again, at XOXO Alley underscore M, I, I feel like I should just say I'm sorry, but uh, you have, you I did have, my best and. You have probably butchered her beautiful language. <laughs> no, I'm sure that I have. I have. Tried to like write it out into anyway, so that's it. That doesn't mean I'm taking special requests from everybody. By the way, yeah, we're gonna be in every <laughs> uh, every language. Send Anna all the languages you want to talk about Orphan Black. In. Um, now before. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We get into uh, by means which have never yet been tried. We're also, I don't know, we might be a little early, so, but we're going to have a special guest join us at the beginning of this episode as well. Yes. Um, Our good friend. And After Buzz TV alumnus, Christian Brune, is yes, joining us. He is, he's coming back. To talk to us, we talked to him at the beginning of the season. I'm so excited to talk to him a little bit more because his character Donnie has gone probably maybe the most drastic change of anyone uh, this season, or of any television, or of any of all show. time. <laughs> I'm not saying of all time, but I think in this season on television, I think. So I think we'll be talking to him soon-ish. He should be coming on in just a few minutes, so. Okay, great. In the meantime, let me uh, uh, get a little bit more housekeeping out of the way. Uh, Maria Menudos, who we wouldn't be here at After Buzz without her, and she has this terrific book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. Uh, You know, if you're looking to get fit, if you're looking to diet, this is clearly the route to go. I mean, why not? Look at her. She's great. Uh, so, yeah, you can get this at uh, bookstores everywhere. And uh, supporting Maria supports us here at After Buzz. Yeah, and you want to support us. I yes. Because you, you're watching us. So, yeah. we like to be supported. We do like to be Who supported. Doesn't? Who doesn't? Okay. Um, so, we have. Uh, we're just going to, I think, maybe start talking about Let's the just start. A we'll bit. go into it. We, we, we'll go into it and then we'll pause to get uh, Christian in. So. This episode was well, it was heart stopping. It was insane. I it, I loved it. It gave me everything I think I wanted from a finale. Uh, how did you How did you feel about it? I thought it was. I was gonna try to say it again, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. There was, you know, a lot of questions answered. Still a cliffhanger. Uh, still a lot more questions. Yeah. As every good sci fi show, whenever they give you one question, they leave two more wide open. Right. And, uh, you know, we saw the return of some, some characters. And we hadn't seen Paul in a while. We hadn't. We seen found Paul. out what he was up to. We hadn't seen Cal in a while. Well, let, let's get into it. The opening of the episode was another great scene of really you're seeing women un- unfortunately being they're being captive being their bot having getting very invasive questions she sarah's being manhandled as she turns herself into dyad and they're asking her all these horrible questions uh, uh when you become sexually active uh have you ever had an abortion which i thought was really powerful the way she kind of muttered out that like yeah and stuff like that and that continues a theme that i think this show has had um, and that opening, very intense, very aggressive, and it's cross-cut with Sarah and Felix and Mrs. S kind of lamenting over the screw-up of them getting Kira with Sarah finally turning herself into Dyad. Yes, uh, and I also ha- I didn't understand quite why they were asking her all of these questions, because don't they know just by hooking her up to the machine? I mean, they... And and Doctor, uh, we met him. Neilan, Neilan, uh, had clearly. Um, well, he had ex- he had he had done research on her when she was. He thought it was Beth when they had snuck into Beth's home and. Right, but so by doing that, they found out you know at what age she had started menstruating, and so I mean, why did they have to give her this questionnaire? Well, I guess that doesn't tell you when you lost your virginity and stuff like that. I think they wanted to try to get into the mind of what her entire development was like. Hmm. So, and I mean, uh, those psychological questions or those those personal questions are just as evasive as anything else they've done to to some of these clones. It was it was a very upsetting back and forth. It was also upsetting to see just Felix was such a mess beating himself up over how he should have known, which is something we kind of talked about a little bit last week. Like Felix couldn't tell it was Rachel. Mrs. S couldn't tell it was Rachel who had come in to, to snag Kira there. 
Well, yeah, which uh, a couple of our our listeners from the UK pointed out. You know, anybody from the UK would have been able to tell that. In I, I guess seconds. I, I still argue that it was because she was coming in so fast, and they're already very much on edge. That that it's a little bit more excusable. That's... That they missed out. So, I mean, I wouldn't, Felix, I wouldn't beat yourself up over it. You know, well, now yeah. I can say that because everything's fine. They <laughs> yeah, have here, but, 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 um, so that opening I thought got the episode off to a great start. And we had seen in the preview that she was going to give Diet her unconditional surrender. And I'm glad we got right to it, that we didn't waste time on when are we going to get to that point in the episode. We started right at that point. And then right after that, we immediately, switch to Kira being held captive here, you know, and he is so clever, not wanting to be examined by the nurse. Oh, so cleverly. So when the nurse sits down next to her, she could snag her cell phone. And I think it was you who called it last week that 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 number Cal had given her. That's where this would come back into play. Yeah. So you must have been satisfied to see that. I love when I'm right. No, that seemed <laughs> that seemed fairly obvious to me. That... Yeah, it just had slipped. I think all of our minds. So that's why there. That's why there are four of us. So, that's so, right. Like this yeah. doesn't get past. Not us. tonight. Um. So that was another great scene. We of... Got uh, Christian on the line. Oh, Yay! that's great. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Hey, Christian. How's it going? Sorry to interrupt you guys. Oh no, we've been we're we're very excited to talk to you. We'll link here, and of course, you know uh, Anna. Of course, of course. Um, well, we really appreciate you taking some time. We I understand that you're on set today. No problem. Yeah, no problem at all. We were able to work around it, so it was perfect. One of the things we were talking about uh, before before you got on the line was. The evolution of Donnie this season was just so great. <laughs> the last time we had you on, you were like bumbling, you were jumping behind uh, uh, like tombstones, hiding and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, last week, you were the def- like the defender of your family. So I guess that's right. Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, I guess your thoughts on, on Donnie's evolution. I'd love to know. Well, it was great. I was th- thrilled by the change that they that they gave Donnie because. You know, it's it's fun. I love playing that sort of bumbly, idiot kind of character. But, um, you know, after a while, it, you can only watch Allison and Donnie bicker so much before you kind of want them to change. Something's got to change after a while. And I think they really found the best change possible. They kept warning me that they were going to top the whole craft room of terror uh, um, <laughs> from, from season one. And I didn't think they could do it at all. And they just hit it out of the park with the storyline this, this year. And... Um, you know, I was thrilled. It was so much fun to play, and it was great to, you know, it, it's fun playing the bad guy, but getting the opportunity to kind of turn that around and become a good guy is is, uh, is the best. Getting to, you know, get to play both worlds. So I'm looking forward to what they have in the future. Absolutely. And, and you said that uh, they had warned you, I guess, ahead of time that there would be something different. Did you know that this was the direction they were going with something different? Not at all. Um, we we kind of we never know any of the changes until we read that script, and sometimes we get that script a couple days before we film it because they're just just working on it so much right down to the wire. So you know all the big reveals in the season, including Ari's big reveal or yeah. the end of the, the the male clones, is um is that was all you know that's all a surprise on everybody, even the crew. Like we. That's why we don't get to watch the episodes when they come out. But for us, as soon as that script lands in our, you know, in our email, we can't wait to read it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what it was like for me in terms of episode seven. It was, it came, that, that email came in at like one in the morning. And I was like, oh, oh, I can't wait to read this. And I was just riveted. And by the end of it, when I got to the end of that, that episode and there's the whole, Dr. Leakey versus Donnie thing, uh, I was jumping up and down and swearing, and, and I couldn't nice. believe it. And I was so excited to film that episode that, um, that I, I didn't sleep a wink. That, I think, is even more impressive, and if I could just fangirl for a minute, because you're just, like, a completely different person, uh, and so I'm just kind of amazed to hear that. Not that I didn't already think you were an incredible actor, but to hear that you're reading this at one in the morning and then show up as a completely different Donnie on set, I just think is, wow, I just think that's so impressive. Well, thanks. Thank you very much. Um, it's, 
it's fun. I, I, I really, really enjoy having the opportunity to play a bit of a badass because I don't normally get to, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be able to, they give me a good amount of comedy on the show. And then they also hand me some dramatics and, uh, I love the opportunity to sort of switch or, or move back and forth between those two modes. So I feel very, very grateful for everything that they, they give me. You know, you, you spoke before about how you can't always just have Donnie and Allison bickering. And I loved the scene where you guys confess each other's murders. It was kind of the sweetest or the, the best, <laughs> the nicest thing in your marriage that we've seen so far. And, you know, you and, and, and Tatiana had really good, like, Allison befuddled Donnie chemistry and then I felt like it, it kind of it switched like it switched on a on a on a on a dime there that the chemistry changed and it was wonderful in a, a totally different way and I wonder if it took a while you guys working on that or you just you fell right into that no that that's I, I honestly think that's just Pat and I working together I, I think we really love to work with each other and we both have a bit of improv comedy background so we're big on throwing things at each other in the scene, whether they're scripted or not. And in fact, they let us improv some stuff every once in a while, which is so much fun. Oh, nice. But, um, but we get along really well. And so the, the dynamic of Donnie and Allison pre, you know, double murders is, um, is a fun one to play. And it's, it's you know, it's very bickery. And, and that, that's easier to play sometimes than, than good chemistry or, you know, everything's sort of, when everything switches and changes like that. But, but that's just Pat and I getting along. And, um, you know, I think all of her other co-stars that um, that have love lines with other clones, they'll say the same. They'll say the same thing that they really feel like she loves them, and I feel like she Aww. loves Donnie. Like you feel it from Allison, and uh, you know, I, I think I think um, Evelyn would say that about Cosima and Delphine. It's 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 pretty amazing. I think she honestly falls in love with everyone she has to fall in love with. But I and you know and I think we've said the same thing that we're I I sometimes forget that I'm watching the same person. But um, really quickly, can you tell us some of the stuff that you said? You said that they let you improvise some stuff. Can, can you tell us what some of those things have been? Yeah, episode nine when we were burying Leaky's body, uh, we had to you know wrap it and prepare it and get it ready for uh, burial and throw it in the freezer. They just, TJ Scott directed that episode and it was such a blast to do because we just spent a couple of days sweating it out in that garage. Um, and they, they, that whole sequence at the very beginning of the episode of us wrapping the body, that's, that's us just, just winging it. It's just, it just says sort of stage directions in the script and they're like, anything you want to say, just go for it. So we just got to go from the seat of our pants and, and have some fun with it. Wow, and that was so brilliant. And I thought you particularly like the almost vomiting and everything. I thought that was great. So that's yeah. so just great to hear. Wow. Do you well, think thanks. it was really one of the, the most fun scenes to, to shoot of the whole season? Um, one of the best scenes of the whole season, we talked about it briefly before, was the Donnie Leakey confrontation. And it, it was it was such an interesting scene because. Do you feel Donnie throughout this whole being a monitor and he said it was from this this thing from college and Leaky has this line that I thought was really hurtful but also probably really true that like you wouldn't have a wife without me like you wouldn't have this without me do you think Donnie had deluded himself all these years in some way like he almost didn't want to know why he was doing it cuz he knew he had this beautiful wife and he knew he had all this other stuff going for him I I truly think he was really innocent in the whole affair you know, um, I can just imagine what Donnie was like back in university, and he was probably a bit of a, you know, maybe not the brightest brightest student and maybe a bit of a partier, maybe a bit of a frat boy. Uh, I could see him easily getting duped into the experiment and just being like, hey, you know what, I can make some money doing this. And uh, as he, you know, ends up marrying Allison and having a family, it's like, you know, this is so, this is a simple, simple way of making some money for the family. Nothing... I think he was very innocent on the whole thing. Um, I think he enjoyed, in a certain way, to you know, be a little bit of a spy. Yeah. And uh, I know that's weird and creepy, but it's just it kind of tapped into. I mean, you watch a James Bond film, and you, you're you're thinking, man, that'd be so cool to just run around with these gadgets and get all these ladies and like, mm-hmm. you know, be such a such a spy. And and it's it's, it's it taps into that sort of 
ridiculous side of our nature. And, and I honestly think, you know, that's, that's how it works for him. Um, he had, he had no idea that she was a clone. Yeah. And that's why that, that moment having such a terrible lie go on in his life that he was complicit to without really knowing about it, uh, really sent him over the edge, especially when he almost lost his family. And that, and, and I think it all came crashing down on him. The reason why all these crazy things that had been suddenly happening in his marriage, you know, going back to season one, because there's not a lot of time between season one and season two. It just picks up where season one left off. So, so we, uh, he's just kind of going through like, oh, he doesn't have, he had no idea why all this, this was happening in his, in his married life. So, uh, it all comes crashing down and, and, Tony goes out for his revenge. I don't think he intended to shoot Dr. Leakey. No. no. I think he wanted to threaten him and get his family back and get everything on track. But uh, I also don't think he was paying attention in gun safety class. So Yeah. It would actually it, it reminded me of that scene in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta may or may not have totally. accidentally shot Marvin in the face. So it, it was a totally. very similar thing. I loved it. Total homage. Homage to Pulp Fiction right there. Um you know, last time you were on, obviously you couldn't tell us too much because you would know what was going to happen and we didn't. But <laughs> but uh, now the this, this season two is over and uh, the Alice and Donnie storyline for this season at least kind of wrapped up. It came to a conclusion in episode nine and there wasn't there wasn't much of Allison's storyline. this. So I was wondering what maybe your hopes for Donnie and Allison in season three might be or how you think they'll fit into the overall clone story. I don't know what you know and what you don't know. Um, well, I, 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 we haven't gotten greenlit for a third season yet and we're, you know, fingers crossed that's going to happen. I'm pretty confident that it will, but I'm knocking on wood right now as I say that. But, um, I certainly want to see more Allison and Donnie working as a team, more badassery from Donnie would be a lot of fun some more Bonnie and Clyde stuff would be awesome. And I also want to see Donnie now that he's, you know, unofficially joined clone club or accidentally joined clone club. I want to see him get involved with other clones. And in fact, there was more scenes in, in episode 10 that we shot with Allison and Donnie. And then with Donnie and another clone that they had to cut because of time, but it will be on the DVD release of season two. And it'll be in the extras. And there's a great scene where, uh, you know, it's not really a, a spoiler alert because it doesn't take away from, from episode 10. But all I'll say is uh, it's Donnie versus Rachel. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that kind of leaded me to an, another question, which you may have, have kind of answered. It, what I loved about season two, there were a lot of like these odd pairings that you hadn't seen in season one, like a character's together that you didn't expect and is there a character that you would love to is there one in particular like oh i need a scene with helena or i need a scene with this person definitely i would love to see how donnie handles helena um anytime you know opposite of is always going to be a recipe for some some fun time so even getting I, I you know donnie has been in the room with with felix before at the during the intervention that would be interesting to see because yeah. uh you know they're they're su- they're such they're they're so different, but uh, those those are a couple matchups that I would love to try out. Helena could babysit the kids. She's good with children. She is. Uh, she, she <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> babysitter. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, we have a couple of um, sort of fan questions. Um, one of them is: Did you use a butt double? Is what? Sorry, it, you, <laughs> I, it broke up there for a second. Um, did in your um, corpse freezer sex scene, did did you use a butt double? <laughs> there was no stunt butt. That was all me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the and I'm sorry, I don't have the the tweeter for that, and I apologize. But um, then. From uh, Lottie, L-O-T-T-E, 0306, um, do you have a signature, or what is your signature dance move? My signature dance move? Uh, it might be a bad running man. <laughs> um, yeah, or just, like, really bad, cheesy, old-school hip-hop dance moves, believe it or not. Like like Cabbage Patch, Roger Rabbit? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Kickball change? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. The whole nine yards. <laughs> nice, nice. 
Yeah. So um, we know you're you've been you're you're like on set. You're doing all this stuff. So we don't want to keep you uh, too much longer. Uh, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I do have to run very soon. We're, we're actually it's it's uh, twilight hour right now. It's magic hour. Oh, yeah, we're you, filming a scene outside. So you, it's, it, I do have to run very quickly. Are you able before you go? Are you able to tell us what you're what you're working on? Just if other yeah, people, it's yeah. actually I'm working with Natalie Lisinski right now. She played Ainsley in season one, oh. who we all know as, as Donnie and Allison's neighbor. So we're working on this really cool uh, short film, and, and I'm actually just walking outside to shoot a scene right now. Um, it's sort of this romantic comedy, but it's, it's got a bit of a darker edge. So it's it's um, it's a really cool project, and some people from uh, behind the scenes at Orphan Black are working on it. So nice. cool. Okay. And right now, they're actually about to shoot a scene while I'm on the phone because they need me on the phone. Okay. <laughs> Gotta go. Thank Bye. you so much, Christian. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you us. so much for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, this has been such a blast. Thanks for all the support of the show. And you guys have been really, really cool for us. Uh, and you for us. Bye, Christian. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Hopefully, uh, we get a season three and uh, I can talk to you guys then. All We'd season. love to have you back. Yeah, every every episode. <laughs> Fantastic. That would be great. Bye. Um, and you can follow Christian at the Brune T H E B R U U N. Um, I think he's. I think he's. Maybe it's. I'm, I'm hoping. I think he's being coy with the season three thing. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think he's like just. I think it just hasn't officially been announced. But I'm. Yeah, I can't Leah Doyle Kennedy like like slipped something yeah. when we had her on. So I'm, I, I don't I'm confident. I think he's just being coy. You know, you have to do that in contracts. You don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. But. There will, there will be a season three. If not, if not, then it's a nightmare. I, I, I don't it's know what I'm going to do. Um, We're going to predict a season three. How about that? Yeah, that's our predictions. So let's get back into the episode. Uh, so Rachel then orders uh, Delphine out of the picture. And Rachel never, we never, Rachel never warmed up. I mean, there was talk that maybe Rachel would warm up. Maybe by the end of the season, we'd go, oh, she, we'll realize she's, no, she was just terrible. She's a terrible person. Yeah, I really, and I, I think at some point, and this just tells you so much about my sensibilities. I'm like, sensibilities, is that the right? No, I don't think it is. But anyway, uh, I'm like, you know, I trust her more. I trust her more now that uh, she has Duncan back and she's, cried now and no i feel like she was always the worst of two evils yeah she's and she's awful she sends delphine away kasima's gonna have a new doctor that dr neelan who's a creep and uh before she goes though before she's sent off to frankfurt uh delphine sends kasima her rachel's schedule rachel's full schedule and kasima wisely decides she's going to have a meeting with Kira, ask for that, ask for a show of good faith. They won't let her see Sarah, but they will let her see Kira. Right. And immediately then, and I think even Scott said, and they're like, what are you, like, what are you up to? The wheels start turning in Kasima's head. Right. And I kind of question why they are letting Kira and Kasima seeing each other, because they won't let Sarah see Kira except through a wall. Well, they- uh, show of good faith. Yeah, I guess. You know, they still need to they, – I guess they still need Kasima to do research, and they still have to get to the bottom of, of some of these answers. But why? Because they took the samples. She said, we just finished processing those samples to Martin. Oh, of the bone – of the uh, – The bone marrow. Well, I guess we'll get to what happened to that I guess in a will. minute. But um, and in the meantime, Sarah finally breaks down just in the chance, like you said, just to even see Kira from another room. Kara, uh, Sarah basically signs her life over to, to Dyad, uh, agrees to these medical procedures. And there's that, another great moment where she's handcuffed and like, does it even matter if I sign this? And it's like bureaucracy or whatever. Yeah. But um, so she agrees to this. Um, and uh, she's brought to a room and she gets to see another there's Rachel rubbing it in her face that she's there with Kira and Sarah has to watch this. Yeah, but did, do you think it upset her? Do you think it upset Sarah? Much. Yeah. You do? I don't think it upset her that much. No, I think I, she's I, horrified. Okay. Because later she does call Rachel like a like a psycho. 
She because is a psycho. There's almost this idea that Rachel's gonna try to mother Kira. Like, is this gonna be, is that her goal? I mean, Rachel is baby crazy. Everyone in Orphan Black is baby crazy. <laughs> We've talked about this, but Rachel is baby crazy. Yeah, but I didn't see, I guess Kira started to react a little bit. To what Rachel was saying? Well, you know, Kira had this. She asked about her mother, and she glanced by the mirror. And again, Kira's so smart, or possibly as many people have said on the message board, uh, she's a little psychic. I don't know. I'm not willing to say she's super psychic, but she seems a little psychic. And I feel like Kira knew her mother was there. Kira wasn't bothered because she knows her mother's there on the other side of that uh, mirror. Right. Whether she's been told it or not. But I think... You know, Rachel did say, uh, didn't that upset you when your mom was gone those other times? And Kira was like, oh, yeah, that was upsetting. Well, I mean, it is upsetting. Right. And so so I think that did kind of upset her. But that's nothing. Are we saying the same thing? (laughs) That's nothing that Sarah didn't know. Maybe we are. We're very torn about Kira's emotions. Yeah, we we are. But, But anyway, I didn't think that was as horrifying a scene as it could have been it could have been you know um rachel and kira in bed and you know kira snuggled up to her and rachel reading her story and it could you know that would have been horrifying to sarah well i guess that's out of rachel's because rachel's so like here's the thing if rachel did have a daughter she would not know how to how to be a warm mother at least like a warm loving mother right you know, maybe right. if she has a kid one day, somehow, maybe she'll Fingers learn. Crossed. Maybe when you get, yeah, <laughs> for those spawn of Rachel. Um, meanwhile, now on the outside, everyone's obviously freaking out. Mrs. S doesn't know what to do. And uh, she's talking about making car bombs. Like, you're going to make me that car bomb, <laughs> which I guess, unfortunately, we'll never get to see how she would have used the car bomb. Maybe on the DVD extras. But um, who shows up? Uh Cal, Kira had called Cal, and Cal the Calvary arrived. I just did that. That was awful. Um, And Cal had been doing his own digging into Dyad. Uh, And he had been communicating with someone within Dyad. This person had information on him, information on Kira, information on everything. And him and Mrs. S start communicating right then and there with the person. Uh, and uh, they mention Castor. Right. And Cal doesn't know what it is, but Mrs. S says that's only because he doesn't know his mythology. Right. Do is this a good time to mention that? Do, do you know the... Uh... Well, I don't know a ton. I know that Castor and Pollux were um, twins. I know that their mother was Lita. Yes, Project Lita. Their mother wasn't Project Lita, <laughs> but their mother was Lita. Um, but Castor was the mortal son and Pollux was the, the son of Zeus and Leda when Zeus took the form of a swan and impregnated. So I guess at this point, anyone who did know their mythology, were they already, you think, thinking male clones? Uh, probably. I was not, because I do not. I'm like Cal. I don't know my mythology. My, one of my predictions had been male clones, so I've been thinking male clones for a lot of the season. I'm happy they showed up. Well, what was also interesting after... I also, I'm going to take a little time out here to say that the Uber fan would like us to be referring to them as Y-clones. How do you feel about that? Um... I have no problem with it. I can't guarantee that I will remember to do that, but I have no problem with it. Okay. Why clones? Why clones? Why clones? (laughs) Because it's orphan black. Okay. Um, and, um. We work hard for you people here. I know, we're trying. (laughs) So, we also find out that Mrs. S has an inside man as well. Cal isn't the only one communicating with someone on the inside. Mrs. S has an inside man, and who does that turn out to be? Hot Paul. Hot Paul. Uh, Hot Paul has been apparently a double agent this entire time. He's been working for the military, working for Project Caster through the military. Well. Isn't that the case? But he, has he been a double agent or he's been. She refers to him as a double agent. Well, originally when they had made that sort of deal in the truck, she said a man who. 
is for nobody, is for himself or something. Or, uh, serving too many masters is serving himself or something like that. Or yeah, something like that. So, We're screwing it up. But <laughs> I, I feel the entire time he's been serving uh, Castor. That he never left the military. That he was always that there was this whole Afghanistan story, which maybe Castor is, has something to do with Afghanistan. Maybe it's going on there, or maybe Afghanistan is just a cover for Paul so he could get into Dyad, which he did. And now he shows up. He shows up with the fatigues, and uh, he also gets to meet Cal at that point. Yeah, and that was beautiful. I thought the power Sarah has over these men. Well, it was so great. Oh, I want to talk about that really quickly, too. But uh, just the difference in who they are, because Cal was so gracious about it. He was like, oh, you must be Sarah's friend. And Paul was like, that's funny. Who's this guy? It's like, settle (laughs) down. Paul was getting a little bitchy about it. Yeah. Like, come on. Um, So... Uh, an hour before the finale, um, a lot of the cast had been answering fan questions. Yes. Um, and I asked Michael Mando and Dylan Bruce, what is this crazy hold that Sarah has over these men? And Dylan Bruce tweeted back, clone pheromone. There you go. Michael Mando <laughs> tweeted back, the belief in a soulmate of never knowing love before this woman came and fearing it will never happen again. I think this also says a lot about the way of thinking between Dylan and Michael. I also. think so, too. Actually, the Michael thing is really uh, kind of love. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's sweet. And uh, yeah, well, it <laughs> turns out that Cal's person on the inside that he'd been communicating is we see it. This big meet that they all have between Paul and Mrs. S and Cal is Miriam, Miriam Bowles. And Marion. Marion. Did I call her Miriam? It's okay. I keep screwing up this poor woman's name. We'll, we'll figure it out. Michelle Someday. Forbes. <laughs> uh, and basically, Paul asks for a deal to secure Sarah's safety. Now, we don't know what the terms of all this are going to be. And we find out later, but we don't know at this point. So we still have this air of mystery about Paul and his agenda then hanging over the rest of the episode. So, um, poor, now this is the one time I did feel a little bad for Rachel. (laughs) So she has her meeting with her father, Ethan Duncan. Oh, this is, okay. And Duncan has the cipher to the clone sequence. He says it's in his head. And it... To be fair, it wasn't until this moment when she starts questioning him, like, did you write it down? Did I, I realize that, and I should have realized that, I'm an idiot or not, that the cipher is in the island of Dr. Moreau. You, really? I did, I don't know. What did you think he had written down there? I don't know. You know what? I had, I guess I had forgotten about it. So much has happened since then. <laughs> it's, you know? it's a dense show. A we lot had, happens. We had, like, uh... We had a lot happen since then. Yeah. And it, it Paul and only, Cal, that was enough. Well, it, it, it only hit me at that point. Oh, yeah, obviously it's in Dr. Moreau. And then Rachel and him have this discussion basically about the, the love. She never, she doesn't remember how that felt. That's why she watches the old videos because she doesn't remember the feeling of being loved. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking about his, his tea. Uh, go ahead. Did you, you? What did you want to say about the tea? Wanted, because then, obviously, he kills himself. Right. Obviously, but remember, he had brought that tea out before at Mrs. S's house, and yes. and I was like, "What is he? You, it looked like he those had been used before. He's used tea bags. Like, is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Does he just who brings around their used tea bags? Um, but." I don't know if he was bringing those out because I think that was the same scene where he said, I'm nobody's pawn. If he felt that he was maybe about to be traded for somebody or something. And at this moment, he did probably feel like somebody's pawn. And he he had no other options, I guess, in his mind. Right. Right. And, yeah, he was already in the same, like, uh, hospital scrubs. that he was, was cuffs. In. Yeah. And, uh, and the way Rachel was speaking to him, you know, and I guess I felt sympathy for her in in the scene but you know right before she was questioning him well i didn't feel sympathy in the way she was treating him but the fact that this woman who 
didn't have a father for so much of her life and now has to watch her father die in front of her. Like, that will set you off. Yeah. And it did. Well, maybe set she'll her off. feel something now. Well, she feels uh, misery. Maybe she'll remember feeling that. Yeah, hopefully. We can hope for <laughs> Rachel's sake. Um, I just wanted to real quick. Uh, remind all our listeners, uh, you know, you listen to us on iTunes, you know, rate us, leave comments, subscribe, YouTube, you know, all, all that. I want to say that because I think that's there's a certain point in the show I'm supposed to say that. And I, I said think we that. talked about it at the beginning. Did though. we? No, I don't think so. Okay. It was right before I, I tried to speak another language. <sighs> it's all right. I figured throw that twice. in there. I wrote it down to say it in there twice. We so can say there it you again. go. All right. Um, Okay, so now Duncan is dead. Rachel is more of a maniac. And Sarah has been taken away for a oophorectomy. Is that how it's said, oophorectomy? Yes, I don't know. But yeah, oophorectomy, I think, is what they said. And uh, that is a horrific procedure where they are going to remove one of her ovaries. Again, another... Uh, real, I mean, it reminded me of the Hen, uh, the Hendrick uh, uh, Helena scenes where she's, Sarah's tied down there and there's nothing she can do and she's about to be violated in this horrible, horrible way. Um, but Kasim and Scott come to the rescue. They have, we've seen these sequences where Kasima has, has met with Kira. She had her draw a, uh, a picture with some clues. Yeah. About a fire extinguisher, and the scene is cut, uh, cross cut with Kasima and Scott putting something together involving a pencil. We don't quite know. We don't know quite know how this is going to be used, and oh man, is it going to be used in an amazing way? So she brings in, uh, so Scott c- comes to, sneaks into this operating room, and basically gives Sarah the heads up, like, you know, I'm with Kasima, and uh, we're going to get you out of here. But then Rachel walks in again, and it just feels like Rachel is there to gloat and to taunt her. Now she's lost her father, and she's just she's pissed off. But she's so now she's there to gloat because she has the drawing from Kira. Like Kira made. Why did she even bring her the drawing? Well, the drawing was of. If you look at the drawing, the I, drawing is with Rachel. Okay, now. Oh, it's with Rachel. It's oh, Kira okay. and Rachel, I, I believe, is the drawing, and oh, okay. then a giant fire extinguisher. Yeah, okay, so okay, so that's what the gloat is. So that's the gloat, and just the fact that she's standing over this person. You know, the show is, does such a good job of being about, like, sisterhood and all these these clones coming together. And here's a clone who wants nothing to do with that and is just, she's out to destroy some of these other people. So anyway, uh, she has a tantrum. She throws a fit, basically, and starts demanding that Sarah tell her the key to the cipher. Sarah doesn't know, and she starts, Rachel starts destroying the bone marrow that poor Kira had to go through all that pain to give that could save Kasima's life, and just out of petty jealousy, Rachel just starts to destroy it. Yeah, which, but is so dumb. It's not just against Kasima. it's I mean, but remember when Rachel said it's not personal early to Delphine? Everything is personal with Rachel. Maybe she doesn't even realize it, but everything is personal with Rachel. Right. Um, but the Sarah figures out that the fire extinguisher place said this is a clue to she's got a something's going to shoot out of this, but she knows that she pulls the thing on this fire extinguisher, something's going to happen. So she lures Rachel close, she pulls the thing, and the pencil flies out of the ex- fire extinguisher and hits Rachel right in the eye. Yeah. What if it missed her eye? It would have hit her somewhere else. I don't think Sarah or anyone cared where it hit <laughs> Rachel. I don't think that was what they... But would it have still... That's What I'm asking, though, is would it have still gone through her, I don't know, stomach or... Well, it was coming out with such force, and the right. pencil was so sharp that, and they make a big deal about that, you got to make the pencil sharper, that I, I think no matter what, it would have done it some damage. Yeah, I guess I'm asking you a science question. Is what I, I am not a scientist. That is a question answers. for, uh, tweet the real Kasima, who's on Twitter. <laughs> tweet her and ask her. I bet you she'll answer. Okay. Um, so Sarah's able to escape, and she runs to get Kira, and... uh. Uh, Marion. Marion. Marion is there. <laughs> uh, why can't I say this name? 
and she's getting Kira ready to go. She's clearly going to let them leave. But she says, come to me tomorrow. I'll give you the truth. Cal's so, waiting outside. Cal's waiting outside. It. So she's able to leave Dyad. And then we have a really fantastic clone reunion scene, <laughs> which I love. We haven't seen all these clones together. Uh, we ne- we've never seen all of them together, period. We've never seen four clones together all at once. But, you know, Cosima and Allison and Sarah have all been on their own little journeys. And now they all meet up at Felix's loft. And even Helena is brought. Uh, earlier in the episode, Helena had gone to art and coyly alluded to maybe, maybe not burning down the Prolethean ranch. Well, maybe not. Okay. Do, I have a thought on this. Can you okay. want it yeah, yeah. really quickly? Uh, when Gracie and Mark were driving off in the truck, Gracie says, um, am I a sinner for wishing my father dead? And Mark says he got what was coming to him. And they were supposed to have left long before Helena because she said, go run, right? Helena says, go run. Yeah. And then she still, like, ties up Henrik and all of these things. So, um, and, you know, and perform some sort of minor surgery. I, I think they knew, though, that that was it for Henrik because she's choking him out. You know, when we when we're left, okay. she's choking him out and she tells him to run. So I think they knew that but Helena was not going to have any mercy on him. OK, fair enough. Fair enough. That's right. my thought. So I, she burnt the place down. She was coy. She burnt, burnt the place down. Uh, but then we have this amazing clone dance party. I know some people had actually tweeted at you and I wondering if we thought maybe it was indulgent and maybe it was just a way to show off look we can have four clones or something. but i think it was so earned and so wonderful and so sweet and emotional because they these people have been through hell together and there is this idea of sisterhood between them and i gotta admit watching i started i mean they're just dancing around having a good time for the first time maybe all season having a good time all of them they get to meet helena their new sister and kasim is so excited to meet her and allison is so allison to meet her <laughs> uh but then they just let loose and it really does feel like a moment of sisterhood and i loved it i got a little emotional by it well john brogan 10 was the one who thought it was uh maybe overindulgent um i yeah was very moved by all of it and it was such a huge you know last season we left off sarah um had shot helena and stabbed her was that did she she had she had they had fought and then she had shot her definitely shot her um and wanted her as far away from Kara as possible and you know this season she's into the fold she's in clone club and you know has her niece with her i know i'm getting emotional just talking about it it was (laughs) yeah it was really sweet i read it took them two days to shoot that clone dance party too wow yeah um and i i have to say though as as much as i thought that was so impressive um i understood it, how they did it uh, like i saw how they did it um what i was more impressive like how they do that um was when sarah and kasima were in bed and, and like holding hands, hands. Like, yeah what? that they... was pretty amazing <laughs> yeah uh from a technical level and even just another wonderful emotional scene like you said you forget it's the same person really the same person performing and the scene the next morning with sarah and kasima i was getting a little emotional about that too and, um, you know, let's just finish up Kasima then in that loft. Well, Kasima, uh, they do a fake out a little later in the episode where you think Kasima is about to die. Uh, there's all this, like, she's not open her eyes. And when she does, she sees this vision of Delphine. And thankfully, Kasima is not dying. And instead, Kira asks her to read a book. And what book is it? Island of Dr. Moreau. What's in it? the the codes that she needs and i feel although we still have to be worried about casina's casima's health she's probably going to be able to figure this out now so we leave off casima in a pretty good place i think at the end of the season she has no lab right now but i'm sure she'll figure that out yeah uh because i doubt she's welcome back at dyad not with uh rachel (laughs) running around with i'm assuming an eye patch next season (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and helena quietly like steps out you know helena it's like she wants to she knows she doesn't quite i guess fit in when she wants to go see jesse again she's got his trucker hat yeah 
Well, why? I don't. I didn't really understand why she left. Honestly, I think Helena. I think Helena wants a family, but she also knows that she's different enough from them that they can't be it, and she wants to go out and get uh, uh, Jesse, the the tow truck guy. But why did she leave without saying anything? I don't know. She's a she's she's an odd duck. She's, she's Helena, odd, but she does leave her babies. Which will also, I think, help uh, Kasima out. But she goes down the hallway, boom, immediately kidnapped. Awful. And we find out the deal was Paul basically got Helena for, uh, I'm assuming, I don't know what role she'll be playing. That we could save for predictions. Maybe we'll even save that for tomorrow. But Project Caster, she's going to be involved, I'm assuming, some way in that because the military's taking him. Sarah, meanwhile, goes to see Marion. I said it right. And she goes to see her, and we find out a few more truths. First of all, they did continue doing clone experiments. They tried 400, and only one was healthy. I kept thinking of, like, Perfect Baby from earlier in the season, those creepy photos and stuff. And one was successful. And it was, uh, it's now, what is her name? Charlotte. Yeah, she looks and, like a Charlotte. And she does look like a Charlotte. And this is basically young Sarah Allison Casima. This is young clone. Right. And Marion's raising her as her daughter. And that she is emotionally invested. She's part of a, of a, a, a shadowy cabal called Topside. And she basically is going to tell now Sarah what all this is about, what Caster is about, what Lita was, all this stuff. She's about to have this big information dump. And this leads to the biggest thing in the episode by far, that Caster was a part of the military. Uh, the, the, the military, when they gave Lita over to Dyad, they kept part of this project. That was Caster, where it was the male clones. And holy crap, who is a male clone? We see at the end, Mark. Creepy Mark is a male clone. Creepy for a reason. And going back to what we talked about last week, which is, you know, Paul and Mark seemed so familiar with each other in that, in the scene in the bar where they spoke to each other. And we were sort of theorizing, well, did they, did they serve together? Did they just recognize each other? As service people, um, and, and now it looks like that's why Paul probably he knew he must have known. Paul knows exactly who. He I mean, is. I don't think Mark. I mean, I guess Mark knows he's a clown. Mark knows something because he certainly has served. I, well, maybe not. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think he does because there was a, in the episode before there was all this allusion to uh, you know Mark leaving the military and, and all this stuff. So. Now um now we have male clones. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh I had read that this was something they'd been toying with for a while and they knew they wanted to introduce it but they didn't necessarily know that it was going to be Mark. They didn't know that he was going to be the male clone. and they decided because they loved the work that uh Ari Millen was doing as Mark and that somewhere along the line they said this is going to be our our male clone. And we see we see three uh, versions of him. We see one mar- making an honest woman out of Gracie, uh, marrying her. Um, then we see just one standing military that bringing Helena onto a plane. Where is it going? Afghanistan? Who knows? <laughs> um, but bring Helena on a plane. We see soldier Mark standing there. And then we see a real psychotic looking, looks like there's something a little off with him. Mark being held. I don't know why. Marion would keep some him in her home like that, but being held some uh, in some sort of room. Well, I think that she just went to go pick one up to show Sarah because she wasn't supposed to have known about that until she met with Paul, right? Because they were both trying to get to the bottom, get to the truth. Yeah. So wasn't that? I assume that's the information that maybe she got that's from why Paul. she did and that she, that that she got the access to a. Access to a Mark clone or why? Why clone? A why clone? A why clone? <laughs> so, uh, so, so tough job for Ari Millen because he has to be as good as Tatiana now. Yeah, right? I mean, well, I can't imagine we're going to we're going to focus as much on the Mark 
or the the Y clones <laughs> as uh, we do on because the show at the end of the day is still about these women. And right. they're these established characters. I don't think, though, we're going to have just, like, generic military, like, kind of just. But um, I also read that he, uh, I think he was there on set for the clone dance scene because I think he wanted to see how she moves in from playing other characters and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's going to have some heavy lifting to do in scenes because either way, he's playing multiple characters on the show in season three. So, I mean, it's exciting that now there's – I mean, how do you feel about male clone? Because I know, again, I think there was some people – I think we're bothered because it's such a female-driven show. Like, now we're going to have, like, the boys in here now. But I don't think we're, I don't think that's going to be – I think the focus is always going to be still on these women. Um, I, I feel great about it. It's been one of my predictions. I enjoy being right. Um, and I also think that they have them in – to, and they also wanted Helena so much um, that I think they're looking to make perfect baby again or perfect something. Do we think that the combination of male clone, female clone could be perfect baby? Maybe. I, I don't know if they have another – and this might be Project Pollux that they're going after. I don't know. But uh, but I think there's a reason why they want Helena so much or one of the clones so much. They want one of these special clones, these ones that could, could have children, and it's not going to be Sarah. Paul right. would have never let that happen. Right. So I guess at the end of the day, Paul did have some loyalties to Sarah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still at the expense of some ex- – ex- it's still – to Helena's detriment, you know, but uh, Sarah would never have allowed that to happen. So he's still betraying Sarah, but clearly he's, he had a soft spot for her all season because we went back and forth on that. It's still he still cares about her safety, though, and the safety of her daughter. He so he still yeah. had at least that much concern for her. So we got male clones, people. This is got very exciting. Um, I know we're. Uh, we probably are are starting to get close on time. So, do we want? Oh, do you, uh, no, I have some some maybe news. I can probably well, save I, everything I, for well, tomorrow. I, have, I wanted to get some news actually. That's okay. why I was going to ask. So, we might as well do news. Um, do you want to go with your news first, or? Um, Tatiana Maslany this week won a Critics' Choice Award. Yes, she did. Um, which is very exciting and very well-deserved. This is our second Critics' Choice Award because the critics know who should be winning awards. That's right. Um, Emmy voters, we're going to find out. The Emmy nominations are July 10th, and I know voting, I think nominating has ended. And I, I feel like if you are an Emmy voter and you did not watch an episode of Orphan Black or you or Tatiana Maslany still isn't on your radar, you are not doing your job as an Emmy voter. You shouldn't be an Emmy voter. I mean, it would be, honestly, I will be physically disgusted if she doesn't get an Emmy nomination. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's a tough category. It's going to, well, it's going to be tough to accept her not at least being nominated. She has, she, look, she should win. I feel like it's one of those things is she might get screwed on the nomination because the show is still too far under the radar for Emmy voters and sci-fi. But I feel like this kind of thing, if she gets nominated, there could be enough of groundswell of support. I mean, she's got some big competition. You know, Robin Wright for House of Cards is probably going to be nominated. Juliana Margulies with The Good Wife. You know, Claire Danes keeps winning these awards mm-hmm. too for Homeland. But I really think... I mean, they're all amazing actors, but I really think Tatiana Maslany is doing next-level work. And you can't watch a scene like that one with Saren Kasima in bed and not feel that way. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, yeah, no. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Go out and uh, do those Emmy for Maslany hashtags. I've been doing them, so... <laughs> let's get the let's get the support out there. Uh, did you have uh, something else you want? Yeah, to say? but but it's occurred to me I should save it for tomorrow. Okay. So. Yeah, we're doing. We're going to be doing all this again. We're doing tomorrow. this all again. Definitely. You know, now this moment till tomorrow at six Pacific Standard Time. Be tweeting us. Yeah, please. we wanted to just you know get the conversation started, give you the rundown of the episode, and we're going to be delving more into all of this stuff tomorrow. Um, so in that regard, do we want to hold any predictions? Do we want to give a couple of predictions, maybe a tease to predictions? Should we predict what Matt and Nando are going to say? Maybe we should. No, I'm going to hold predictions for tomorrow. 
So we're holding all predictions. Yeah. Okay. I am. Do you want to do predictions? Um... No. no. Let's hold it <laughs> That's tomorrow. No. Let's hold it tomorrow. An executive decision yeah. was made, and rightfully so. Um, so, yes. Remember, tomorrow, like Anna said, we're going to be right back here talking about this. Well, you can follow this. me. I was about to do I was about oh, okay, to throw sorry. it to you. I was giving them the, let me do that. I'm sorry. Where can everyone follow you? You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And you can follow me on Twitter at The Real Will Link. I also host a comedic pop culture podcast called Will Sean Podcast. I host it with a guy named Sean, obviously. It's on the Westcast Network. It's on iTunes. If you've tolerated me on this, give us a listen, and uh, I guarantee you'll enjoy it. So, until tomorrow, Clone Club, we'll see you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.